came up and we got closer to this weekend I've been struggling with. What do I do and what do I say as a pastor who's supposed to lead a people who are hurting? Had a message all planned out. Uh, really, this was, it was actually farther ahead than I kind of have everything finalized and slides all put together and all those different kinds of things. Ready to go for this morning. And then Tuesday came along and I realized that we're not gonna go that same direction. So I've been struggling with, with where we're going to go. And then yesterday, uh, Courtney and I were just kind of walking through tomorrow's events and walking through this morning and what this morning would look like. And Courtney, um, who, for those of you who don't know her, uh, is an amazing vocalist, is an amazing worship leader who has told me time and time again, you will not get me to speak on Sunday morning, so don't even ask. Uh, several weeks ago, my wife got up here and she spoke with me and, and we shared the platform um, to share a message and 15 years ago when we got married, Sarah told me that I would never get her up on the platform to speak, so don't even ask. And 15 years later, she said yes, and Courtney said, well, it sounds like you have about 15 years before you can hope to get a yes out of me. But yesterday, as we were sitting, well, actually, I guess this was Friday, not yesterday. Friday, as we were sitting there and just talking through this morning and what we were gonna say, and as I was struggling with, what am I going to say? Something I've been wrestling with all week long she said, you know what? I knew there was something that I was supposed to share someday. I was gonna act like that wasn't the case, but I knew there was something I was supposed to share someday. And I think the time frame just got sped up on that one. So yesterday we came in here and uh, she just, she walked me through all of it. And it was pretty clear, you know what? As as much as I struggle with as the pastor of I need, to, I need to find the right thing to say to all of you this morning, I realized I'm not the one to say something to you this morning. And so Courtney is gonna come up here and Courtney is going to share with you this morning. I mentioned last week that I was able to go to a worship conference about three weeks ago. It was down in Nashville, Tennessee. And it was called Worship Together. It was an amazing conference that I was able to go to with a lot of different worship leaders, worship musicians, worship tech people, worship singers. And it was such an amazing experience for me, something that I will never forget. Um, we had amazing musicians. We had We the Kingdom. We had Bethel. We had Church of the City. But we also had some amazing speakers. Rebecca Lyons was there talking about the mental health and the anxiety and the depression that's happened really within the last 18 months with COVID. We had Levi Lusco there, which if you guys listen to K-Love, you hear Levi Lusco all the time on K-Love doing little snips and everything like that. But the speaker that I wanna, wanna address today was Pastor Darren Whitehead. And he spoke on midnight worship. And midnight worship was something that the, the moment he started talking about, I knew that I needed to share what I thought was going to be probably with the, the band at some point, maybe five to ten people, and for sure not three weeks from then. Um, it was, you know, in my mind, more like five years once I had time to uh, get
get everything together in my head. But somehow I found myself Friday afternoon in Sarah and Justin's kitchen. I jumped up, went and got my, my notebook that I had made all my notes on during the conference and ran out. Still didn't know what I was getting ready to say. Sat down without looking at him in the eyes because I was terrified and said, I think I'm supposed to talk on Sunday. And here I am. I know this has been an exhausting week for, for me, for everyone in this community, um, for various different reasons. But I'm going to go ahead and jump in and get started before I get so nervous that I run off the stage. So as, we, as I just mentioned, Pastor Darren Whitehead is the original speaker on Midnight Worship. So make sure he gets some of the credit here, but God gets all the credit, really. So um, I'm going to go through my notes and also add in things that, that I pulled out from this. So what I want you to do, grab your phones, grab your Bible, grab a Bible in the pews in front of you. I want you to turn to Acts chapter 16. That's where we're going to dig in today. While you guys are doing that, Acts chapter 16, we are going to be talking about Paul and Silas. So Paul and Silas are missionaries. They're going on missionary trips, traveling from city to city to city. As they are going down to a place to pray, a slave girl, she was demon-possessed. She was a fortune teller. She was a fortune teller that was making money for her masters. So just think of that. This poor slave girl was making money for her masters by, by being a fortune teller. But she began following behind Paul and Silas that day, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God and have come to tell you how to be saved. But she didn't just say it once. She said it on repeat. She followed them day after day after day shouting this. Now, I don't know about all you guys. I love, I love my kids. But just think, if they were following behind you, saying, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? That gets pretty frustrating, doesn't it? And Paul was frustrated at that point. And so Paul turned around and spoke to this girl, spoke to the demon in this girl, and said, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. That's great, right? Paul and Silas were doing exactly what God had wanted them to do. They were doing exactly what they had been called to do by God. You know, they were going around being missionaries, telling other people about God. They were doing exactly what they were supposed to be doing. They were performing miracles. They were baptizing people. They were saving people. But the masters of this girl were furious. Because as that demon came out of that girl, so did all of their money. All of their wealth had been shattered. At that point, Paul and Cyrus, Silas were then dragged to the authorities where a mob quickly formed around them. They were beaten and then thrown into prison. The jailer was then ordered to make sure they didn't escape, so he put them in the farthest dungeon. So way, way in the back. He knew that if they got out, that they would kill him. So, they, so at that point, he chained them up, put the chains on board so there was no way for them to escape. So here we are, two men doing exactly what God had called them to do, but instead they were thrown into prison. 
Now, I'm not sure how they felt, but if that were me, <laughs> I don't think I would have been very happy. I think I would have been pretty devastated at that point. I probably would have been screaming and demanding for somebody to let me out. Okay, so Acts chapter 16, we're going to start in verse 25. So around midnight, that's where we're at, around midnight. Now midnight might have been the time of day, but right now we're going to think of midnight as being the worst of the worst. Okay, you're thrown into the darkest dungeon. You're shoved off where nobody's going to find you. So midnight is being the worst of the worst. Midnight is when you think things can't get worse, and then they do. Verse 25, around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Midnight worship. Midnight worship is praising God when you don't know what's going to happen. Midnight worship gets the attention of others. As that verse 25 says, and the other prisoners were listening. When we church family at our, at our, at, we, excuse me, my goodness, my brains. When we are at our darkest point and other people can see us worship, that's what God wants. Midnight worship sets people free. So verse 26, if you're following along, suddenly there was an earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. Now you're thinking, I don't have chains around my ankles, but maybe you have chains around you. Maybe it's emotional chains. Maybe it's spiritual chains. But something could be holding you down. So midnight worship sets you free. Midnight worship brings people to God. This is verse 27. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, don't do it, we are all here. Trembling with fear, the jailer called for the lights and ran to the dungeon and fell before Paul and Silas. He brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Midnight worship gives you the opportunities to talk to others about God. Verse 31, they replied, believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with your entire household. Then they shared the word of the Lord and all who lived in his household. Midnight worship can offer forgiveness to others or yourself. Verse 33, it says, that same hour the jailer washed their wounds, and he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. Then he brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. And midnight worship is standing for our friends and family, holding their arms up in worship when they are unable to do that. Midnight worship is saying prayers that they are unable to pray. 
Midnight looks different for all of us. Midnight could be a a spouse coming home stating they've had an affair. Or maybe it's cancer, a cancer diagnosis, and maybe there's no treatment. Maybe it's a death of a loved one. Or maybe it's an adoption process that has had every possible delay and inconvenience along the way. Or maybe it's a state of depression and you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. For me, my midnight has been going through an epilepsy diagnosis with my son and still watching him have seizures. For me, my midnight has been going through years of infertility, then suffering three miscarriages, two of those resulting in surgery, and waking up from that second surgery in a state of depression and anxiety and confusion and anger and the feeling of being lost. But church family, here's where the midnight worship comes in. You see in those times, my friends and my family and my prayer group, they were able to hold me up when I was not able to. They were able to say those prayers for me when I was not able to. I was able to praise God for the future of my family even though I was unsure what that might look like. I was able to lead my children closer to God in those times and be an example for what God wants us to do in times of struggles. So church family, God is calling us to have midnight worship. God is calling us to have this midnight worship through our hard, difficult, and uncertain times. And God is calling us to have this midnight worship to help lead ourselves, but also the other people around us, whether that be friends or family or maybe people you don't even know. Midnight worship is calling, midnight worship is having God call us closer to him. that midnight looks different for everybody. What causes midnight looks different for everybody. And how we worship looks different for everybody. For some, as we, as we go into a time of musical worship this morning, I mean, that's the way that connects with you unlike anything else. And for others, you hear the fact that we're about to start singing and you're like, is there anything else that we could do right now? For some, it's going to be your worship is it's time to get down on your knees and it's time to just be open with God about the, the ways that you're struggling right now and the ways that you're hurting. 
For some, you're actually in a spot right now where you actually feel really good. And you have seen God around every single corner and you are celebrating the blessings that he's put in your life. And it's time for you to lift up somebody around you this morning. I don't know exactly what it is for you this morning. The, uh, the verse that's gone through my head over and over again this week, partially because we were getting ready to talk about this in a couple of weeks, is in the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus looks at people and he tells them something that makes absolutely no sense because he looks at them and he says, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. When in the midst of their midnight, they realize that I'm there and I'm waiting and I'm ready to wrap them up truth is, sometimes we need somebody else to wrap us up because we still don't feel God in the midst of that. And like Courtney just said, sometimes midnight worship is lifting up your friends. When you're going through it, it's looking back and saying, wow, these are the people that were around me. This is the prayer group. This is the church body that was there to lift me up. These are the people who loved on me over and over again. So this morning, we just want to invite you to worship in whatever way that is for you. If you want to stand and sing, you stand and sing. If you need to sit and listen, you sit and listen. If you need to, to pray in your seat or you need to pray at the altar or you need to light a candle or you need to, to go out into the lobby and, and just talk to somebody or talk to somebody in here, I don't know what that is exactly that you need. I don't know what exactly your way of worshiping him is. But we invite you this morning to worship him.